Cause Nation, what's up? Just want to quiet it down for a second. First and foremost, I know it's loud. Everybody's getting rowdy. We're in the spirit. It's March. If you can hear me for a second, just want to quiet everything down. First and foremost, just want to shout all you guys coming out and supporting Beyond the Big Ten. Clap it up for yourselves. Before we get things kicked off, just want to go through a couple of things. First and foremost, if everybody could pull out their phones and go follow Beyond the Big Ten on Instagram and Twitter, that would be phenomenal. But want to thank you guys for coming out um, and shout out to the Over Under Sports Bar here in Chicago. Um, shout out to Beyond the Big Ten and the good folks at New Amendment. We have a phenomenal group of guys up here and we're gonna go through a couple of things. So give me a couple of minutes. We got, we got a group of Big Ten basketball greatness up here. Starting off, we got Geo Baker to my left. Give it up for Geo Baker. We got Derek Elston to my right. Derek played at Indiana as well. Give it up for Derek. Christian Walford to the right of him. And we got Michael Juice Thompson from Northwestern Basketball. My name is Austin Johnson. I am a former Rutgers basketball player and the current voice of Rutgers Sports Network. And I'm also a Big Ten basketball analyst as well. Really happy to have you all here this afternoon. Clap it up for you guys coming through. My bad, we're getting some reverb on the mic, so bear with us from a technical standpoint. But before we get things kicked off, and, and shout out shout out to you guys in the back, if you could just listen to us for a second. Before we get things kicked off, um, I don't know if you guys have been keeping up with some of the back and forth and the chit chat in the Big Ten Conference, but my guy Gio Baker to the left has some strong words for Indiana basketball <laughs> to kick things off this season. Gio, let these people know what you said earlier on. I said nobody fears Indiana. I did. I said it. Um, and and I as know, a I know they got something to say about it too. Yeah, we seen how that play out. We seen <laughs> how that play out. With you. And we as a Indiana twice this year, so yeah. I agree with you on that yeah, one. Yeah. Yeah. No. We on TV now, so uh, support the Wildcats, everybody. <laughs> As a response to that, my guy Derek and Christian has some strong responses, if you will. What was on your, on your mind, Derek? Uh, for me, it was more of just like kind of patiently waiting. Um, yep. You know, usually in the Big Ten with us, we're either a first-half team or a second-half team and a first portion of the Big Ten or a second portion of the Big Ten when we make a run. Uh, we've got a lot of pieces to the puzzle that we've needed. Um, a lot of prayers have been answered with this team. Uh, we've got a good squad. We just haven't showed up to play. So I just decided to chime in when I knew it was the right time. <laughs> <laughs> it was timely, to say the least. Um, phenomenal crew with a lot of historical performances in this tournament specifically. I would like to kick it off by getting a sense of, Gio, what was your favorite Big Ten moment or Big Ten Conference tournament moment during the course of your career? 
Oh, man, I mean, it, it has to be my freshman year, you know, in Madison Square Garden. We went on a, a three-game run, and for the Rutgers fans in the building, you guys know that. <laughs> you guys know that, that that year was real rough, man. Uh, we only won three conference games that season, and then we ended up making the run in the Big Ten tournament again to the quarterfinals. Uh, ended up losing to Purdue, but overall, I thought that was when we, you know, really started elevating the program and, and starting to put Rutgers on the map. So that was definitely my favorite moment for sure, bro. And shout out to RU Nation, first in the building, despite a tough loss to Purdue today, still showing up for the boys in their first live podcast event. So appreciate y'all. Much love, much love. <laughs> Derek, what was your, your favorite Big Ten Conference moment of memory? Oh, man. Uh, Big Ten, obviously. Um, you know, we cut down the nets uh, our senior night against Ohio State. We actually took a loss that night. Um, and a lot of people gave us a lot of shit for that. Um, rightfully so. It was a little weird for us. We had been through the ups and downs, kind of like what Gio said. Seawatt and I's first year in the Big Ten, we won one game. Our sophomore year, we won two games. Um, so that senior year kind of was... Uh, I don't know how accurate that is. That's pretty damn accurate. I think we won more outside. I don't think so. Two see. games? I'm, I'm, Northwestern was one, and if you can name we another one. one game my freshman year, yeah. too. I so I think our senior year, bad. like, we were just so happy to be in that position. Um, and then, obviously, on the road against Michigan, uh, getting the win at the last second, uh, Yogi getting his fingertips on a tip that bounced out, and we won the Big Ten Championship. I think that has to take the cake. Love that, man. Christian, talk to me for a second. 12... 10, 2011, one of the biggest shots and probably biggest moments in your career. You hit a last second shot against number one Kentucky. What did that moment mean for you and what does it mean to you still to this day? Oh, it's a legendary moment. Um, it was a real big pivotal moment for our team though, more so than anything. I feel like that was the transition of us really taking that next step into being relevant again you know, kind of like a rebirth to IU basketball. So that's why I think that shot means so much, you know, more so than just, it was a, we was playing a number one team, but you know what I'm saying? More so than that, I think that just signalized like a rebirth of Indiana basketball. Love that. Juice, over to you, Chicago kid. What made you want to stay home and play for your hometown Northwestern Wildcats? I stayed home to play at Northwestern, you know, to be close to family, you know, the proximity of it, have my family and friends. Like now, I got family and friends here supporting, but also understood the education that I could get at Northwestern University and the opportunity to play in the Big Ten. You know, I was able to come in right away from day one, start as a freshman and build and grow. And I wanted to be a part of a team that could make it to the NCAA tournament for the first time. And even though we weren't successful, you know, it's great to watch these guys now make it. Love that, man. And obviously you got the Nittany Lions and the Wildcats battling right now. This is a game we'll be talking a little bit of shit about live here at Over Under Sports Bar, but it starts with Jalen Pickett. Obviously, you got Boo Booey, Chase Aldige on the opposite side. What do you anticipate here in this contest? Who's going to win this game, Juice? Northwestern is about to win the game. I would say about seven to eight points, and I'm not saying that to be biased, but the way that they've been playing defensively this year, offensively, we obviously know Boo Booey and Chase Aldige are going to have the balls in their hands, but... Brooks Barnheiser has really stepped up off the bench for us and been that third consistent scoring option. So I'm expecting to see that continue. And on defense, you know, we got to figure out a way to stop Pickett because he can really pick people apart. Respect that. He's had a hell of a year. Gio, what you think about that? 
Man, Pickett, Pickett can hoop, man. I mean, he's, he's a mismatch nightmare. I really like uh, the dude Barnheiser, though. I mean, like, he, he fucked Rutgers up bad in our, in our last game. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, no, he can, you know, he can really get to his spot. So, um, you know, I'm really looking forward to the game, though. I think it's going to be a good one. United Center is phenomenal place. The lights are real bright. So one question that comes top of mind, I've been around to every Big Ten venue up until this point. What is the best and your favorite and your least favorite place to play in the Big Ten Conference? I'll start with you. Uh, not including the rack, of course. You know, can't, can't, can't include the rack. I'd say the best arena to play in was probably Mackey. I thought the energy in there, the fans are just so connected. It's, you, can, you can feel the culture when you, when you step into the, to the arena, so I think that was the best place to play. Worst place to play? I would say Wisconsin. I didn't, I, don't, I didn't really love it. I thought that the fans overall were pretty quiet and everyone was just kind of sitting down the whole game. It wasn't, wasn't anything that, that great. Derek, over to you. Uh, for me, same thing. Uh, you know, outside of assembly, um, you know, I probably might get a lot of shit for this, but I think Purdue's probably the best place to play in the Big Ten. I mean, they sell it out. I know. But they sell it out every night. Obviously, when we come in there, um, that Purdue-Indiana rivalry, um, it's one of the best in, in college basketball. Um, I mean, it's, it, I don't know if it gets any better than that. Worst place to play is probably Iowa for me. Uh, I thought it was real dreary. The old Northwestern Stadium was like a high school stadium. Yo, it really is a high school stadium. So, yeah. Yeah. It is. It is. It is. The old Northwestern Stadium was, was pretty bad, but between them and Iowa, man, it was, it was pretty rough in there. Love that. Christian, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, my favorite place to play, to play besides IU, obviously, probably would be um, in uh, East Lansing. Like, I like playing in Michigan State. Um, just good rims, good good atmosphere, good environment. Um, we've been pretty successful playing in there, so I just kind of like playing in there. But probably the worst place to play would probably be between, um, I don't know, Penn State. It's not really that good. <laughs> <laughs> didn't, really, didn't really like playing there. Um, um, and probably, I don't know, probably Wisconsin or something after that. Yeah. Just because you can't, it's just so hard to win in there. Love that, man. Juice, obviously major renovations to Northwestern's facilities. You jealous you didn't get a chance to really go throughout your career hooping there? And then what are some of your favorite and least favorite places to play in the Big Ten Conference? Yeah, I definitely wish I had the opportunity to play in a new facility. When I was there, you know, we got a new locker room and we had video games, so we thought we were doing something then. But to see the way that it came about now, you know, it's real nice to see. I wish I got the opportunity to play there. But uh, my favorite place to play, I was I have to say, Indiana. You know, we had a lot of success there. The rims you guys have there, you know, real good shooting rims. But the fans, you know, I remember when I was there, somebody was behind our rim with a big cutout of, of a picture of my girlfriend at the time. And I still made my free throws. So being heckled by the fans, that made it a lot of fun. And, you know, my least favorite place, you know, got to be Edmonton, Ohio State. You know, we never had success there, but... My family traveled five, six hours, and they put them in a the nosebleed. So yeah. that sticks with me. So I, Ohio State, I didn't like playing there at all. Did you go out there and give them buckets? Nah, Evan, he worked us that game. I just saw the highlight <laughs> that he posted on his social media. He giving us buckets. So Ohio State, I forgot those games on the road. But we got them at home once or twice, though. I heard that, man. Gio, I know NIL is something that's near and dear to your heart and something that honestly made you want to stop playing the game of basketball. Why is it so important to you? I mean, 
number one, it's just right. I think, you know, any person, any individual should be able to make money off their name. No one should, no entity should be able to own someone's name, image, and likeness. It just doesn't really make any sense. But, you know, from a athlete standpoint, like now you get a chance to see the individuality of each person. Like you don't just look at Geo Baker or Austin Johnson as a basketball player. You look at them as a, a podcaster or, you know, the merchandise or whatever it may be, basketball camps, a tutor, right? And you, you see these, all these different uh, individual traits of each person. So I think that's the biggest thing for me and, and uh, why, why I really wanted to make an impact with it. Love that, love that. Just to pause for a second, I got a question for the crowd and feel free to shout out any names as necessary. Who is on, who's the top five players on the Big Ten Basketball Conference Mount Rushmore. If you had to name some names for the individual programs that you support, who would that be? I know for, I know you got, we got Evan Turner in the building. Clap it up. You got Evan Turner with, with new amendment in the building, Ohio State. Great. What are some of the additional names that would be? You got Isaiah Thomas, Jawan Howard. You got Juice. Juice. Rutgers Nation, we got we got Geo Baker. Nah, I ain't on the route Mount Rushmore. I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> Derek, over to you. I know that you are now transitioning into coaching. How has NIL affected the program from your perspective, and what does it mean in the, in the landscape of college basketball? You know, I've listened to a lot of people talk about NIL, and honestly, it's got a negative tone to it. Um, I think Indiana's kind of seeing it firsthand here recently with the news that Xavier Johnson is going to shut it down for the year. Um, because of the relationships that I built while I was on the coaching staff, I know um, from great friends of mine that he's coming back, and the reason why he's coming back is for NIL, and I think that's the reason why guys want to come back. You no longer have to put your name into the draft and you know get put down to the G League and make $120,000. I mean, if you can stay in college basketball. I mean, look at our season year, uh, the season that we had. I mean, if Victor Oladipo and Cody Zeller come back, what does Indiana basketball look like with those two coming back? Um, NIL money is really, really good for these guys. And Gio said it. I mean, I mean, hell, see what? Who knows how much money he would have made signing the, the watch shop pictures, right? So um, I think what it does is it keep guys in college basketball for longer. Uh, I know programs are going to love that. Um, Indiana loves that. I, I know that's a big thing at Indiana. So I think it does nothing for, but good for college basketball, keeping kids around. Love that. Christian, any thoughts? No, I, I agree. I mean, I mean, the biggest thing I really see now, coaches talk about it, is the transfer portal. You know, saying that's the, that's the thing that I don't feel like the old school coaches really love just because you can just kind of get mad and just go somewhere else. You know what I'm saying? And come right in and play. So, But NIL, I'm all with. Um, I love to see guys get compensated for, you know, what they bring to the university, especially being a guy that, you know, brought the university a lot of revenue. So I, I, I support it wholeheartedly. And um, that's all. Love that, man. Juice, for you, how would you have approached the NIL topic? And then I have a secondary follow-up question for you was, you talked about the academics at Northwestern. How did that prepare you for that pivot for the next step once your playing days concluded from a collegiate standpoint? Yeah. Uh, NILs, 
I would kind of approach it how Northwestern is approaching it now. They're making it more of a collective to include all the student athletes because, you know, you don't want that division in the locker room where, you know, your star players are getting X amount of dollars and the other guys aren't getting as much. And, you know, you don't want them to have any bad blood between each other. So I would approach it the same way. And, you know, for us guys, us older guys, you know, I, I would like for them to back pay us because we, we put in our work. <laughs> Get that we back did pay. a lot of good things and we, you know, we could have capitalized and, you know, got some things. Cause we, we brought in a lot of money for the university. And for your next question with the academics, well, let me go back with the NILs. I really want to see the players get educated on how to take care of their money, too. Because, you know, these guys are getting large sums of money that, you know, more money than adults can get. And even adults really don't know how to manage the money. So I don't want to see these young guys blow all their money away so fast. But with the academics, you know, it really prepared me. Staying balanced, staying focused, getting my work done on time. And now that I'm done playing professional basketball, it's really helped me with my mindset, my mentality, be able to balance a life at home with my wife, my kids, then still being out, going out and use that education and network and meeting other people. Continuing on, Christian, Christian. <laughs> Talk to me. Talk to me. Uh, NIL was obviously a big theme. How did life at Indiana basketball prepare you for the next step once, the, once your collegiate you know, the time that you had at Indiana ran out? I think it just built relationships. You know what I'm saying? I was there four years, met a lot of people. You know what I'm saying? That was the biggest thing about going to college, I want to say. Uh, just being there so long, you know what I'm saying? You build relationships that you just, that money just don't, you know what I'm saying? Don't, don't equate to, man. So that was the biggest thing. Um, anytime you're in a university like Indiana, you're going, you know what I'm saying? There's so many other people, so many great alum that's doing great things in the world. So you're going to have a lot of things at your hand, a lot of things at your disposal. So you just got to take advantage of it. Love that, man. Derek, over there, did you play professional hoops after the conclusion of your college career? And how did that help to prepare you, your college experience, for that next step? Yeah, so for me, my first year overseas was more of a rehab, uh, rehab league for me. Um, tore my meniscus right before the season started and never really got back. Went overseas for a year, finally started to pick up. Played in Portugal, played in England, and then Coach Crean called me up and told me to, uh, you know, quit messing around and join the staff. So um, I've always had that player mindset, but at the end of the day, I always wanted to be a coach. My dad was a player. His one regret in life is he never gotten into coaching, so I, I really wanted to kind of, like, take that on for the both of us. But like Christian said, man, it, it, Coach Crean, his one thing was no matter who was in the gym, you always wanted to introduce yourself. And... You know, you, you introduce yourself to the GM of the Lakers or whoever, Charlotte. But also, like, I'm, I'm good friends now with the guy who literally picks up trash at IU. And it's just building relationships and making sure, like, everybody matters. And that's kind of one of the reasons why I have the job now. But it, it just goes to show, like, what we were all about at Indiana. It wasn't just, you know, go say hi to this guy because he's the head coach of an NBA team. It was make people feel important because we're making a difference here for the program. Love that, man. How would you categorize the hustle and bustle or just this Big Ten season overall from your perspective, starting with Gio? If you had to categorize it with one word. Shit, messy. I'll categorize it as messy. I mean, you look at the... I'd say you could use the uh, Northwestern Rutgers game for an example. If Northwestern loses that game, they're the fucking nine seed. 
and you know, now that it's the two seed, like, like that's crazy. I never and and people always talk about how the Big Ten is, you know, a battle, but like this year, I think it really was a battle, bro. Like from two seed to a nine seed in one game, that's, I mean, that's just crazy statistics to me, bro. So I think I think one word to describe it is messy. Um, you know, but obviously that's that's what makes it so fun to watch, and that's why we're here, man, talking about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and Chicago, I got I got another question for for everybody in the crowd. Shh. If you're in the back, if you're in the back, you can't hear us. You good? One question for the crowd. I want to open it up now. We got some basketball royalty in the Big Ten, obviously. You got Derek Christian Juice and Gio, and we got a giveaway up here. So want to make sure, maybe this one is geared towards RU Nation. What? Oh, come on, come on. RU Nation, how far, where do you think Rutgers basketball will be seated in the NCAA tournament on Sunday, potentially after today's Purdue loss, and how far do you think they can go? I hear 11, I hear 14. Anybody think they're going to day in? What do we think, RU Nation? I think they sneak in. I think they sneak in. Gio, what do you think are the prospects for the Scarlet Knights in the NCAA tournament? I think right now they sneak, they're sneaking in. You know, there's going to be a lot of uh, bid stealers for them to be knocked out. I, you know, most of the brackets I've seen, they're either last four in or you know, one of those lower seeds. Um, you know, so I'm, I'm expecting them to sneak in there, man. And, you know, they're starting to play a little bit better. I think they made some adjustments with uh, Derek Simpson at point now. And, you know, it's opening up the offense a little bit. And obviously we know who they are defensively. I mean, they, they strap up. So I, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I think, that, I think they, they'll, they'll sneak in there, though. Love that. Love that. Just to get everybody up to speed, we got a 11 to 13 game Northwestern up to on Penn State. Potentially two first-team All-Big Ten guys in Boo Burry and Jalen Pickett going head-to-head -head here in Chicago. Derek, what do you like about the guard play from both of these teams? I love the fact that these guards are vets, absolute scorers. Um, it doesn't look like it right now at 11-13 to 13 with six to go in the first half, but... Uh, if you're a Big Ten fan, you know that both of these guys have, you know, scores bringing the ball up that can absolutely tear you apart. Absolutely, both of them tore us apart during the season. So you just love this guard play and guard play that you kind of wish the Hoosiers had. Do you think that you have to have elite guard play in order to win in March? There's no oh, – yeah. you cannot go far in, in March Madness without good guard play. You cannot do it. Cannot do it. That's why – for all the Purdue fans in here, I think it's going to be an early exit. <laughs> Purdue fans, if you heard that, it might be a quick march for you guys. Christian, if you had to equate somebody that's present day in the Big Ten Conference that reminds you of yourself at that age, anybody that you think has a similar style in game? I don't know, man. That's, that's a tough question. Um, I don't know. I watch the Hoosiers a lot, obviously. Um, I kind of like what we do. We play totally different, though. You know what I'm saying? The Hoosiers. We just play totally different. You know what I'm saying? We're inside-out team. Throw the ball inside. 
Um, so I ain't really too much like I really 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 wouldn't know as far as you know another team or somebody that plays similar to how we play. You know what I'm saying? I think the game's changed a lot. Um, so that's a, that's a tough question. Love that. And, and Juice, how how far? Where do you think Northwestern will be seated in the NCAA tournaments? And what type of expectations should the casual college basketball fan have for them to go on a run? I can see us as a six or a seven seed in the tournament. And as a fan, you know, I can definitely see them, you know, getting, you know, sweet 16 with their defense, the way that they play, especially the way that they trap the ball in the post. You know, if there's a guard posting up, it's a little difficult. That's what's giving us problems with Jalen Pickett. Well, when the guys throw it into the post with the big guys, I don't understand why teams are still doing it. You know, I was talking to one of my former teammates, Drew Crawford, Northwestern legend. We were saying, well, you know, it's one of the best defensive rotations and traps that we've seen at any level. So I can definitely see our defense propelling us forward. I just worry about our offense a little bit if our guards don't have it going. But I'll say sweet 16 at least. Yeah, I want to, I want to, uh, I, I salute to Chase Aldiz and Boo Booey, man. Like, you know, because they've been through some battles and it reminds me of my early years at Rutgers, what we were going through as a team. And like, yeah. you know, with the transfer portal and NIL the way it is now, like they could have easily left. But, like, you know, I got a lot of love for them for sticking that out. And, and they're doing it the right way, too. Like you said, they're doing it on the defensive end of the floor and then figuring everything else out on the offensive side. Like, exactly. it's, really, it's really cool to see, for real, bro. Yeah, man. Yeah. Appreciate it. You yeah. know, I think Rutgers, they're going to get in there, right? Yeah, I think so. I think so, yeah. Hey, one game season, anything yeah, yeah, can happen, yeah. right? Exactly. Now it's just surviving events. There you go. Uh-huh. Yeah. Christian, what do you think are the expectations? Well, let me take a step back. Rocky start to the Big Ten season for Indiana. Yeah. So I, 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 I want to hear about this from the alumni and then the coach's perspective. What was the reason for the start? What clicked and went well for the Hoosiers as the season progressed? I think at the beginning of the season, we didn't really have an identity. Just kind of out there, you know what I'm saying? We was dealing with some injuries. Uh, I think as the season went on long, more guys got comfortable. We kind of knew what we were getting from everybody. Um, when X went out, I think it just made the role for Jalen Hood, Shafino, to really like step into that role and be that man. And I think he thrived at that with that, you know what I'm saying, without having to look over his shoulder and worried about, you know, an older guy playing and stuff like that. So I think we kind of found our identity. Obviously, I feel like we got the best player in the Big Ten. You know what I'm saying? He's going crazy. He's, I don't know what Trace averages, but he's probably been the best players statistically in the in the nation you know what I'm saying as far as what he's been doing for us so he's been doing a lot for us he's a, he's got a lot to do with our success but I think we just know how to play we play inside out uh we we, we focus on the defensive end and I think that just kind of take care of itself love that and you were obviously in with the team in the foxholes I don't want to give you I don't want you to give up the the secret sauce about anything but <laughs> What do you think the expectations are going ahead in March for the team? Um, you know, it's tough, right? I mean, any Indiana, any Indiana Hoosier fan, expectations are always Final Four National Championships. When you, paying a, when you put up five and then you haven't had one for about 20 years, you know, you get a guy like Romeo. They think they can change the culture. Doesn't really pan out. You get a team like us that's number one in the nation, gets a number one seed in the tournament. Doesn't really pan out expectations are always going to be there 
Um, but I think it's more reality needs to check in. And, you know, it's, it's like with this team. Um, you know, Xavier Donson goes down with a foot injury, and our still our expectations were, you know, to go to be the number one team in the Big Ten. And it's just, it's not reality. You're losing a, a, an 11 to 12 point a game score, asking a freshman to take over, which he has in some cases and some, you know, instances he has but a lot of times he's looked like a freshman on the court um, so it's it's more of just you know playing to your bread and butter and our bread and butter is Trace Jackson Davis and hopefully we bring along Jalen with him and, and we've had that recipe for a long time and it's worked out a few times but expectations are always just so high that if you don't meet them it feels like Indiana University is just going to be set on fire and it's just it's kind of annoying to, to hear year after year Respect that and completely understand. Hold on, I got, I got, I got a question Go for you, bro. I got a question. For you. All right, so look, who, who you got making it the farthest in the NCAA tournament from the Big Ten this year? If you've been asking all these questions, I got to make sure I ask, ask you a question, bro. Honestly, I think, I think you got to look at a team like Iowa. I know they've been a letdown in years past when they're seated too highly, but I think it's the perfect mixture of having offensive firepower, good coaching, good shooting, um, and, a, and a, a lottery pick potentially, and Chris Murray that can step up and, and allow your team to go to distance. So I think that they're in a perfect place to continue to fly under the radar and not succumb to potential pressure of being seated too high when it comes to Selection Sunday. I like, I like that pick. I think, I mean, you know, they obviously got a lot of offensive firepower. And, um, you know, we think about the NCAA tournament, the way it's structured is it's short scout, right? It's, it's, it's quick-paced games right away. You know, not a lot of, uh, you know, time to scout your opponent. So, you know, if you got some scores and you got good offense, I think you, you're able to make a run. And I, and I like the way their team's constructed. Like, all of their shots, you know, you think about a guy like Chris Murray, comes in the flow of the offense. They're not really running too much stuff for him. And, and uh, you know, definitely, definitely looking forward to see. Agreed. Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll pose that question back to you. Who do you think will potentially make the the most significant run in the NCAA tournament? Man. I don't know. And this kind of this kind of opens up a, another conversation of why Big Ten teams never really seem to do that well in the tournament. <laughs> um, but for me, man, I gotta think this too. You know, I want I want to say Purdue, but I think you mentioned it earlier about the guard play and. And, and we've seen it. Like, we saw when Rutgers, Rutgers exposed Purdue, it was, it was the same thing. It was because of the guard play, and we were able to, you know, run and jump them a little bit, fluster them, get them frustrated. And Braden Smith is really small. It's my first time seeing him in person. Like, that's a really small guard. You get some an athletic guard, you know, to, to guard him and put pressure on him. They're very turnover prone. So um, but I, I, I still, with Zach Eady on your team, and the way that Coach Painter runs offense, I can still see Purdue uh, making the deepest run, but I don't think it's that big of a feat, though, because, again, and this is why I want to open up the conversation about, about other teams as well. Chicago, Chicago, Big Ten, Big Ten fans. Let me, let me ask you a question real quick. Let me ask you a question real quick. Chicago, Chicago, let me ask you a question real quick. And it's a yes or no. You can feel free to shout it out. Will the Big Ten, I mean, yes, we all do. Will, will the Big Ten crown a national champion this year? Juice, why won't the Big Ten crown a national champion this year? I'm going to be biased and say, yeah. I mean, even though we haven't had a lot of success with it, I mean, that's been something, you know, people on the podcast have been talking about. 
with our Big Ten Conference Tournament ending on Sunday and Selection, uh, Selection Sunday is right after. We don't get that much rest, but I think this is a different year, the way we've been beating up on each other. I think we're prepared for something like that. Christian, what do you think? Do the Hoosiers have a chance of winning the national championship this year? The Hoosiers most definitely have a chance. Do. You know, it all, it all depends on your seeding, where you play at, who you play. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Matchups and stuff like that. Anybody got a chance in the tournament, man. It's, it's March. It's one game. Like you said, it's a one-game season. So it all depends on where you go and who you play. You know what I'm saying? More so than your seeding. Who do you, who do you, got, who do you guys see making the, the deepest run in huh? the Big Ten? Who do you see making the deepest run in the Big Ten? Who I think will make the deepest run? Yeah. I think we're going to have probably a couple teams in the Sweet 16. I think, you know, possibly we could have – it just depends, bro. Like, Purdue could possibly get there. I don't want to think they're going to make an early exit, but they could possibly get there if they get a number one seed. Yeah. And you know what I'm saying? They're not playing nobody. But it's a couple teams that I feel like going to be in the Sweet 16 that's yeah. from the Big Ten for sure. Derek, any thoughts on that on potential – Final four or national champions from this conference? See, I just made the point that Purdue's got young guards. Um, one of our best players is a freshman, put up 35 at Purdue. Uh, I think he's got a chance. He's a little different because he doesn't look like the typical, you know, freshman point guard. Uh, he's built like a rock. Uh, I've seen him. I I've, I've been around him. I I've seen him work out a few times this year. He's a little different. Um, but I don't know, man. You, you're, you're talking about the Arizonas, the Kansases. I mean, they're stacked one through seven. Right now, Indiana's, you know, begging for a third scorer to come on board, uh, whether that be Miller Cop, Tamar Bates. We've talked about it a lot in the podcast. We need that third guy. And right now, it's been hard to find. So, you know, I, I agree with what, you know, you and Gio were saying. I think Iowa's game plan is really good. It's it's we're going to score 101, and we don't scare – we don't – care if you score 100 like that method is really really hard if you're playing thursday saturday friday sunday it's hard to scout some team like that uh again i think it's hard to scout a seven foot four guy for purdue if you're playing against somebody and then you got to play against them sunday a one day turnaround is really hard so there's a chance but there's some teams this year that are really scary love that i was prompted as we see boo Bowie take a hit hopefully he's okay prompted with the question of who's the best big in this conference and it was dwindled down to two players Zach Eady and TJD but I'd be cautious to throw in maybe two additional you got Hunter Dickinson and Cliff Amore as well so starting off with the four or five position with Gio who's the best big man in the Big Ten Conference I, mean, I think you, I think you got to go with Edie. I mean, just his efficiency, you know, the, the way he dominates the game. You know, you, you you plan your entire game plan around this guy when, on offense, and it opens everything else up too for the shooters for like Purdue has and their offense. And I think what without him, if you take Edie off of Purdue, they're not even close to the same basketball team. And I think TJD is a very good basketball player. Like I, he cooked us plenty of times and I've seen him cook every team plenty of times but Edie's different bro like he's like a legit 7-5 when he catches it in his spot it is an automatic bucket and he does it efficiently like he is super efficient as a basketball player and then I, I think 
you know, obviously I got love for Big Cliff and Rutgers. I don't, I don't think he's really on that level with those two. Same thing, and Hunter too. I think he's a great player, but uh, in terms of, you know, team success and, and where you know, being a leader in that in that sense, I don't think he's on the level of, of those two guys either. Love that. And obviously, you guys are partial, being Indiana dudes. What has made him so spectacular? He's broken records, continuously gets better, and then secondarily, how does he translate to the next level? See what I think that's a question for you. See what he deals with the NBA more than me, but um, for a guy who looks at him and says like he's got he's got athleticism, he's got length, he's got a left hand. It doesn't really go much beyond that, but that really works right now. <laughs> but really when you're in the NBA, I mean, all you do is work on your game. So that's more C Watts. Yeah, I think um, I think it's going to translate. I think what he does well, he can still do that at a high level in the league. Um, I watch a lot of players. I see Trace as, you know, a, a smaller Sabonis type guy that, you know, heavy left-handed, does everything left-handed. Um, you know, he's a typical small ball five to me. Like, you know what I'm saying? He can finish at the rim. He can block shots. He can protect the rim. He can rebound. Um, I don't necessarily, like I said, I'm not a big on I don't necessarily think he have to come out and make a lot of shots or do something else that he hadn't been doing. I just think he just, he's going to get better with time. Um, you know, like the league, all you do is all you do is work out and work on your game. So I know he's going to expand that a lot. So I think he got a bright future ahead of him. Love that. Juice, have you had a chance to catch any of these guys? in the Big Ten. Anybody in particular really standing out to you this year? Yeah, I've uh, been able to watch all the teams. As far as bigs, I'm going to, you know, agree with Christian here. Tracy Jackson Davis, you know, I think his game is going to translate to the next level. You know, he does a lot of things well. You know, when we played against Northwestern a couple times, you know, he showed me a lot of flashes that, you know, what he can do can translate at that level. He's quick, agile, can put it on the floor, finish around a basket, block shots. And like, you know, Christian was saying, you don't have to make a lot of shots. Depends on the system he's in. But I definitely think he's, you know, the best big in the league with his talent. Love that. I'm Love. not going to lie, though. Gio, your boy is probably the best prospect. Best say it again. Amore is long. Yeah. He is athletic. Yeah. He is skilled. That dude's a real deal. I, I don't think he gets anywhere near the credit he deserves to yeah, being one sure. of the big, best bigs in the league. There's no doubt he is one of the best dudes. Yo. If you're going to start a team with a big in the league, obviously Edie's Edie, Trace is Trace, but Amori for the long run, man, he's a, he's really, really good, yeah, really no, talented. And, and like, I think the, the, the best part about it is the sky's the limit in terms of potential. Yeah. You know, he's, he's starting to get a jump shot a little bit, you know, where he's willing to take it. You know, obviously it's not, it's not there yet, but the form doesn't look awful. And then I think once he gets a good hook shot, you know, and his dunking's already there, the athleticism's there, he's starting to blo block more shots now, he's talking more on defense. You know, I think his game really translates to the next level, you know, in, in terms of potential. Love that. Any other players outside of the four or fives that you think has NBA capabilities to be able to translate well to the next level? I know we went through a multitude of different freshmen that could be potential impact players, Huchifino, other people of that nature. Who else is standing out to you guys from that perspective? I like the freshman from Ohio State. Sense ball. Yeah, yeah he's tough. He got, a, he got a chance, bro. Yeah. I, I definitely think I think he's gonna be an impact player yeah. to really make his niche uh, early, early in his career. Um, who else you think, Derek? Yeah, we got a player on our bench that that could possibly, you know, what I'm saying he gets some NBA love, but I, he hadn't really put it together yet. 
Uh, Tamar Bates is another, that's his name. I think he hadn't really put it together yet, but he's shown flashes. The league is kind of high on him a little bit. So, you know what I'm saying? It just depends, bro. The league a tricky place. You see guys that don't be really that good in college that go to the league and, and have 10-year careers. You know what I'm saying? So it just depends on the system for sure. Juice, what do you like about Boo Boo Chase Aldiz? What do you think their prospects are at the next level? What I like the most about those two is their maturity. You know, the first few years at Northwestern, they would take wild shots, turning the ball over, didn't have control of the team. But it really looks like they came together off the court and it's starting to show on the court. You know, their, their veteranship, leadership has been, been amazing. And I think in the right situation in the NBA, they could have an opportunity. But definitely overseas, I think they both can have really long, successful careers. But as a Northwestern fan, I want to see them come back to Northwestern. And, you know, with NILs, I think they'll be in a great position to come back to Northwestern. They, they, they both got one more year? They both have one more year. Oh, and, you know, with the alums and everything, foundation they have, they'll be they'll – be, yeah. We got one donor paying for the football stadium, the basketball. One person. Is it? Is, it, is any? Is anybody graduating? Is uh? Is, is anybody graduating? Baron. Baron's graduating. Baron's graduation. Then uh, a walk-on who got a scholarship, Roy Dixon. So you know. So basically, basically the whole team back. The whole team will come yeah. back, and then we hit that transfer portal. We can add some pieces to yeah. plug in. Yep. We can have a really good squad next year, and you know, go oh, back to sad. back to the tournament. So. Yeah, shit, man. Love that. Love that. Chicago. Couple. Couple more things. Big Ten fans, Big Ten fans, let me talk to you for a second. Big Ten fans, Chicago, 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 just want to shout out a couple of different people before we keep moving on that made this happen, starting with Miller Light, Chorus Light, Blue Moon, Lion Kugel, Juicy Peach, and Summer Shandy, and the FanDuel squad right here as well. Shout out to our sponsors that made this happen. Give a clap for them. Yes, <laughs> need a lot. Need a lot. I want to open this. I want to open it up to some Q&A. I know y'all have to have some questions for this phenomenal panel. Oh, my bad. <laughs> my bad. Anybody have any questions for Geo, Derek, Christian, and Juice? Let it ring. Let me know what you guys are thinking. And if not, I will. Uh, we got Paul coming back up. I appreciate you, Paul. You got a question? All right, let me know what your question is, Paul. This is for you. Give me your favorite teammate and your least favorite teammate. Who did you like and who do you not like? There had to be someone. I want the real Austin Johnson on this answer. Uh... I would probably say my favorite teammate was Hamade Njai, who played for the Sacramento Kings. Uh, my least favorite teammate was probably Mike Rosario because he was a head case. And that's completely fine. I asked you that one. Gio, who was your favorite teammate and least favorite teammate? Oh, man. I feel like I got to be careful on this one. It's kind of recent. It's, it's kind of recent. Uh, I would say my, my favorite teammate was Ron Harper Jr., you know, who's now in the NBA playing for the Toronto Raptors. He's also playing in the G League as well on two-way. Uh, he was my favorite teammate just because he, he got me a lot of assists. So, you know, I, you know, I really enjoyed that. And, you know, he helped elevate the program to a new level. Least favorite teammate, 
I gotta go Eugene Omarui because he left. Man, fuck Gene, I'm not gonna lie. Uh, you know, I'm still, listen, I'm still sick, to, sick about it to this day. Uh, he, was gonna be the, he was gonna be the senior captain of the team and he ended up transferring to Oregon and, uh, you know, just rubbed me the wrong way. But, you know, so that's probably my least favorite teammate. I forgot about that. Excellent, excellent. Yeah. Excellent insight. Derek, Christian, Juice, I need to hear it from you all. Favorite and least favorite teammate, starting with you, Derek. Um, easy That's for me. dangerous question, uh, Probably a guy sitting right to my right. Seawatt uh, <laughs> and I have been through everything. If it wasn't Seawatt, it was probably Will Sheehy. That son of a bitch was as crazy as they come. And I'm talking show up hammered drunk to conditioning and blow everybody out of the gym. And I'm not afraid to say it, and he wouldn't be afraid to acknowledge it. <laughs> All right? And my least favorite teammate was a guy who was just, he was an unbelievable basketball player. Ended up getting hurt a lot in, in, at, at IU. Uh, Mo Creek, but Mo Creek came with some serious baggage and a girlfriend that was just something you did not want to deal with. <laughs> I've got stories, but it was, it was rough if you were around those two. Christian, appreciate the inside, Derek. Over to you. I'm going to have to. I'm gonna have to piggyback off of that, bro. I mean, as far as the not favorite teammate, that was my roommate, so I got it more, way more than Jordy them did. So, you know what I'm saying? I understand where you're coming from on that. But my favorite teammates was guys I came in with: uh, Derek, uh, Jordan, El Jordan Hulls. I'm sorry, Derek Elston. Um, those was my, you know, my riders who I, who I came in with. You know what I'm saying? We went through the went through the trenches together, came out, um, had success together, and stuff like that. So. I couldn't, I couldn't have done it without all those guys. Love that, Juice. That jacket, first and foremost, is very elite, very fire. Thank you. Favorite and least favorite teammate. I appreciate the shout out on the jacket, but um, favorite teammate, I would say John Scherner. Uh, Scherner. You know, he, he can score buckets. He got me a lot of assists, but we, you know, we had a lot of fun off the court, but on the court, you know, I felt like he had that toughness, that heart that I had. We would work out together throughout the years and we were still really good friends now. So yeah, his shot, his form was bad. He had a quick release and he's still playing professionally. So he was my favorite. And I would say least favorite would be Kevin Coble. You know, he was a really talented player, but you know, he just, didn't have that personality to jail with the teammates and the way he kind of left us high and dry and quit the team, you know, that kind of left a bad taste in my mouth as well as my teammates. Love that. Celebrity shot appearance, Evan Turner, gotta ask you as well. Oh. Favorite and least favorite teammate at Ohio State University. Uh, probably like David Lighty, Will Buford, <laughs> probably one of them, and then, uh, Mark Titus was my least favorite teammate ever. Uh, Mark, I think Mark Titus was a terrible teammate. <laughs> he's, a good, he's a cool dude, just a t shitty teammate. <laughs> Shouldn't have been in the locker room. And, uh, but a good dude, good dude. So. <laughs> Love that. Appreciate the insight there. Juice, question for you. Five names, Big Ten Basketball Conference, Mount Rushmore, all time, every team. Who would be on that list? Oh man, that's tough. Every team. Even if, See, all right, if you, if you can't think of every team, make it Northwestern centric, Indiana, Rutgers. I'll go Northwestern. I'm gonna say John Sherna, Evan Eschmeyer, Billy McKinney, 
Drew Crawford. Of course, of course, I'm gonna say myself. I'm, I'm number one. I'm number one all time to go. Uh, and then number five will be Rich Falk. So I'll go those five, and then I gotta include myself as as one one A. Respect that. When was the last? Uh, let me let me ask this. Uh, did you were you on an all Big Ten basketball, all Big Ten? Yeah, third team. Pose a question to the Northwestern fans here so we can start giving away some of the swag that we have up there. Here we go. Who's the all-time leading scorer at Northwestern University for men's basketball? Who is the all-time leading scorer for Northwestern University? John Scherner. You get a beautiful signed juice Northwestern crew neck. He got it. You got that swag? You got swag? You got swag, right? Yeah. Christian, over to you. First, first one is all-time top five Indiana basketball, Mount Rushmore. Uh, I did mine earlier. I'm going to go with Isaiah Thomas, Calvert Chaney. How many is four or five? Isaiah Thomas, Calvert Chaney. I'm going to go, I'm going to do a more up-to-date one. I'm going to go Cody. Zeller, Vic Oladipo, and... I'll throw you on there after that shot, too. You had a big career, though. I can't. I did, but I ain't going to put myself on I'm going to go TJD. I'm going to TJD. Leading us in blocks. All-time leader in blocks. All-time leader in, what else? Rebounds. Rebounds. You know what I'm saying? Number four in points. Number four in points. I respect it. Sounds like a solid list, Derek. Top five, and then... Ask the people what you want for the trivia giveaway. All right. Uh, my Mount Rushmore, um, probably Scott May. I mean, we've got the only undefeated national championship team in college basketball, so I guess you could go with the, all five of them. But you got Scott May. Um, you got Isaiah. Um, Quinn Buckner. Damon Bailey. Shit. I could do two, I think. Um... I honestly, I think Trace deserves it. I think Trace deserves to be up on Fourth in points, all-time rebounder, all-time block. He deserves it. Uh, but I got a trivia question. Uh, my first year on staff, Indiana goes undefeated at home. Yo Yogi Ferrell becomes the all-time leading assist leader. What team did he do it against, and who made the last shot? Mm. Now, that's tough. That's coming from a coach's mind. You might have to repeat that. Hey, yo, hey, Chicago, we got an Indiana basketball giveaway. <laughs> All right, the question was, Yogi Ferrell becomes the all-time leading assist leader at Indiana in 2016. What team did he do it against, and who caught the pass to score the bucket? This is a tough one. I'll give you a hint. He transferred from Michigan. Max. Max. There you go. I give it to you. Good try. I mean, you got to Gio, my Rutgers brethren. Do you have a question that you want to pose? I mean, listen, man, I want to ask you your top five Mount Rushmore for Rutgers basketball, man. Um, 
for Rutgers basketball, I'd say Phil Sellers, Eddie Jordan, Quincy Doobie, Bob Lloyd, and either Geo Baker or Ron Harper Jr. for that fifth. So you got to respect it and give it up. Say that, bro. RU Nation for assigned Rutgers basketball as, as if you don't have enough of them already. Who, when was the year that Rutgers basketball went to the Final Four? 76. 1976. I think winner, winner to the lady, the young lady right here in the glasses. Love to see it. Randy, you got enough basketballs already. I, I don't know. You want me to throw that, brother? You gonna catch it? Who's your major half court shot? Also, so first and foremost. Chicago, we want to thank you guys for showing up. Give it up for yourselves for coming out. Give it up for Gio, Derek, Christian, and Juice as well. Phenomenal panel. You got to keep tuning in to these episodes on Beyond the Big Ten. Phenomenal insights on the podcast from former players' perspective current coach's perspective, nobody knows better. So shout out to New Amendment for keeping it fresh and keeping these episodes coming out. Want to invite you guys at this time, obviously, to stick around for the after party we'll be having here. So be good to your bartenders, be good to your people. Let's go Big Ten basketball and let's keep turning up. Appreciate you. Beyond the Big Ten is a network of podcasts that aims to be your go-to resource for all things Big Ten. We cover the entire conference with shows hosted by ex-players and athletic alumni, aiming to be your go-to source of information and entertainment for your favorite team. Hosted by ex-Big Ten players, media, and insiders, our podcasts are focused on giving diehard fans and those alums an inside scoop about the teams and people that make the Big Ten Conference one of the most watched and most talked about conferences in sports. We're excited to talk Big Ten basketball with you wherever you may be. Subscribe now.